This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average hero's new name, same place. And as you can tell by, well, you guys are listening to this right now as we speak, some of you have saw it and others are still trying to figure it out. Hell in the Cell was just a few hours ago and the main event got a chance to look at it, got a chance to see it, and you're going to hear my review of all the matches, including a couple of extras that were shown up at the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. A couple of big surprises and also one surprise, and I'm not going to mention it just yet. I'm not going to mention it just yet because all I know is it's 2010 all over again for me. Because if it goes down the way it goes down, I guarantee you it's not going to look good. 2020 better end, and it better end soon. Or I'm coming for someone no matter what. Now, just kind of ease the pain, kind of be a little bit okay, kind of get this whole thing. Because this is the aftermath of WWE Hell in the Cell. Let's pick up where I left off on the last episode because if you heard the end and you wanted to hear the rest, here is the rest. I'm ready to get back with my my family. We're ready to get back out on the road and do what it is that it is we do. And a lot of people I believe in my heart and the rest of the world are ready for Shinedown to come back. Come on. 
we're ready to get back out on the road and do what it is that it is we do and show the world what we've been working on. That was Shinedown doing State of Mind. Uh, well, I forgot exactly what the album was called and everything, but <laughs> the song kind of fits what is going on inside my head at this point in time after everything that I saw at Hell in a Cell tonight. So, <sighs> okay, should, should we get right into it? Should we get right into what happened? You know, should we? <laughs> I think we should. Okay, so um, there really wasn't much to talk about. I mean, a lot of people have been asking me the question about if there was going to be some added matches that were going to take place. And you can tell right away that the WWE was um, quickly incenting into a, a couple of things. You know, they went ahead and, you know, added a few matches uh, to to the deal and everything. And it was um, crazy, right? So let me get right into this if you don't mind. So... I'm watching the countdown show. Well, actually, the first thing I did was, <coughs> I think most of you guys that have probably have already heard this earlier, that um, I went ahead and I resubscribed to the main event. Uh, I'm sorry, I resubscribed to the WWE Network because uh, I've been waiting a while for my subscription to be canceled. And and the only reason why I want it canceled is because I'm having an issue with my bank. So we're going to resolve that issue uh, by tomorrow and everything. So hopefully we get it out of the way. And then I can get back to start paying for $9.99 through my card. But anyways, I went ahead and I had this uh, this gift card, right? And I went ahead and bought it over at HEB because they actually have it for sale now. you know. And I had no idea that uh, HEB was selling the WWE Network gift card, right? And you would get the gift card over... You would actually get the gift card over at Walmart or any other game store that you see. I mean, those are the only places that you would that you would know to get the um, what you call it, the WWE Network. So apparently, when I saw what I saw, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, it was right there. I mean, I just saw it right in front of me when I was over at the um, over at HEB, and I was like, oh, sweet, I'll be able to go buy it over here instead of going way the hell over at fucking Walmart, you know, just get my hands on the WWE Network gift card, because they have it on sale over here at HEB right now, so if you if you guys want to get your hands on the gift card, it's right there, so get your hands on it while you can. Now, just to kind of start off, the, count, the countdown show began, uh, I didn't see much of it because I went out to go get some kitchen, some chicken, right? And when I went ahead and bought some uh, chicken and everything, I went I went in. I saw the countdown show uh, where we were coming in uh, 30 minutes from the countdown show. And they had announced that um, there was going to be a match for the 24-7 championship. It was R-Truth going one-on-one against Drew Gulak. So you kind of saw where that match was going. drinking my soda right now so there really wasn't much to talk about as far as that matchup goes so we just said screw it we're not gonna worry about it our truth did win the match did win the match against um drew gulag 24 7 championship and everything wasn't really much to talk about and everything and during the countdown show there was a a challenge issued by retribution is it just me or is Retribution now starting to look like a couple of little fucking bitches? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, 
this group, this group that was supposed to be this menacing force, this menacing group in WWE, now they look like a couple of little bitches, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying it like that, but unfortunately, it is what it is now, right? It is what it is. Now, Retribution is now throwing in this challenge where where they want one person in retribution to take on one person in the hurt business right the hurt business you know would they accept the challenge would they not accept the challenge we would find out you know closer and closer as we get to the pay-per-view right so we're into the pay-per-view right we're into the pay-per-view and everything and you know all i'm just wondering is What's going to happen next? I mean, what what's going to be the first match? My my first thought was the first match was going to actually be Bailey versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So, well, it didn't turn out as well as I thought it would be, but uh, it is what it is, and now it is official and it is done. The first matchup that took place, and are you ready for this? Because what my first thought was, and let me kind of give you the idea. My first thought what it was going to be the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line first at Hell in a Cell and then somewhere in the middle it's going to be for the WWE Championship and then they're going to leave the Universal Championship at the end. But they reversed all that. So let me get to each one so that way you guys can get an idea. So the first matchup ended up being... You ready for this? The first matchup ended up being the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso in an I Quit match. And I gotta say, the match between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso was, uh, was cool. It was great. Uh, this, this, was, this was full-blown drama like crazy. I mean, like, like complete craziness watching this. So... I'm watching all this, right? And, you know, I'm seeing Roman Reigns, you know, you know, and, 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 and I do agree with everybody. I, I think Roman Reigns was doing way too much talking. I mean, there should be more action, less talking, right? But, you know, he just kept, you know, going at Jey Uso and, you know, kept, you know, telling him over and over again, you know, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. And, you know, all you got to do is just acknowledge me. Acknowledge me as a chief. Acknowledge me as a chief. So, I'm watching this and it's just fucking crazy. And it is it is good. I mean, I liked how this match ended up, you know, and I wish this was the end of the match, but as you as you can probably tell, I'll probably change my mind about this later. So the matchup between Uso and Roman Reigns is pretty good. You know, I loved how it was and everything. Roman Reigns was just beating the shit. And we knew it was gonna be like this. I mean, he was beating the living shit out of Jey Uso, which, you know, we all saw it coming, right? He was beating the shit out of him so bad that Jey Uso had to come into the ring. Um, Roman Reigns, I mean, Roman Reigns, I mean, this is like, I, I can't say it's like the most evilest side I've ever seen in Roman Reigns, but this was good. This was very, very good. This was exactly what Roman Reigns needed to be. And even Paul Heyman, I mean, even Paul Heyman, as evil and as vicious as he can be, he showed concern. He showed passion. And that was just 
like holy crap i mean this was this was a completely different roman reigns than than we knew from a year ago i mean so different so different from how it was so jay uso is completely out right and remember this is an i quit match the only way to win this match is by you know saying the words i quit right and it didn't happen that way now here's the part where it got interesting and some people were i'm not sure if people were offended by this or if they were just like what the fuck and everything but there was this one part that i saw where okay so jay uso comes in the ring right and he's trying to stop you know the the officials are coming into the ring and everything trying to stop it uh roman reigns is you know he's trying to do everything in his power to make sure jay uso says the words i quit he kept saying it over and over again you know didn't know what to do jay uso protects his brother right and then right there at a moment where you know you can just hear them talking and you just hear them it's getting emotional and everything and roman reigns was in tears i saw him in tears i was like what i mean what what the fuck is roman reigns crying for and then and then i was like thinking wait a minute 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 because it's one of those things that you have to you have to pay attention to stuff like this because you have to keep in mind roman reigns is a heel all right roman reigns is a heel to all the stupid morons that think that oh well you know there's no crying in wrestling no there's no crying in wrestling but it works it works in mysterious ways you just have to find a way to get into an emotional side to make people believe he is going to turn around right didn't happen and i kind of expected that so roman was crying and it looked like jimmy uso was just right there jimmy uso was just all you know come on we can help we can help man and all of a sudden I see the handshake right there, and I'm like thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second, hold on a second, boom! <laughs> Roman Reigns got him in that submission hold and was trying to check, you know, choke out Jay, uh, Jimmy Uso, and Uso is still injured. He's not ready to come back into the ring just yet. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's pulling, uh, I can see Jimmy Uso pulling on Jay, and Jay is... It looks like he's coming in too or whatever, right? He's trying coming in too, trying to get up and everything. And then Jimmy's Jay, I mean, I'm sorry, Jay Uso says, I quit. And I was like, what? Jay actually said, I quit. I mean, I couldn't believe he actually said it, but it happened. <coughs> and I got to say, this this was amazing. This was and I don't care what anybody says. You can talk all the shit you want to about the fact that oh well Roman Reigns was talking too much. This is wrestling. You can't be talking too much. Let me tell you something. People do talk in the ring, but with an audience not being there, I mean it does make it difficult. But if the audience was there, they would find a way to drown it out. Right? But we we hear the crowd, you know well, we hear Roman, we hear the referees, we hear everybody. Unfortunately, that's what we're stuck with. Okay, so Roman Reigns gets the I quit. You know, Roman Reigns gets the I quit from Jey Uso, and then that was it. Winner, Roman Reigns, he's still the Universal Champion. And I'm guessing the Usos are gonna be out of the family. My guess, but I don't think they're out of the family just yet. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something here with the Usos. You got to wait. You got to chill. 
And you got to see where this is going. So at the end of the match, I see Roman Reigns heading towards the uh, the stageway, right? I'm seeing him head towards the stageway, and I keep wondering, okay, well, what's going to happen here now? And then all of a sudden, I see, I see Alpha and Sinka. I see the uh, WWE Hall of Famers, uh, the Wild Samoans uh, on on the rampway right there, you know, pretty much showing respect to the High Chief, to the uh, you know the Tribal Chief. In, in Roman Reigns and this was one of those things where the legends are now acknowledging Roman they're, they're acknowledging Roman as the head of the table they're acknowledging that now and when you see the legends you know Afa and Sika pretty much you know showing their respect or showing their, their stuff to Roman Reigns I mean this was one of those things where you know you show some kind of respect. You show some kind of stuff, and that's what happens. So Alpha offers something to Roman, and then Sika offers something to Roman, and then Roman Reigns turns around, holds on to the WWE Universal Championship in his hands, holds it up in the air with Sika and Alpha right by his side. So as far as they look at it as they're acknowledging Roman as the future. They're acknowledging Roman as the tribal chief. So your winner for the first Hell in a Cell match, Roman Reigns defeats Jey Uso in the I Quit match, which I don't think it was a surprise to anybody. I don't think it would ever be a surprise to anybody, especially when you see something like that happening in the WWE. And let's call it like we see it. I mean, nobody really had a a snowball's chance in hell of seeing Jey Uso become the next universal champion and not that not that Jey Uso doesn't deserve to be the universal champion it's just that nobody can see it nobody can really see it and if they could they would probably have opened their eyes a long time ago but in this case it is what it is and that's how it is your winner the universal cha- and still the universal champion Roman Reigns and Jey Uso says I quit Ladies, you think this is a game? Spin the wheel and feel the pain. <laughs> Spin the wheel, make the deal returns. As Candace LeRae challenges Io Shirai. And Johnny Gargano challenges Damien Priest. Plus, Leah Ripley faces Raquel Gonzalez. And Cameron Grimes faces Dexter Lewis. The return of Halloween Havoc is this coming Wednesday night. Halloween Havoc is coming back for the first time in, I since ten, I believe in 20 years. In 20 years. Uh, I was watching Halloween Havoc. Um, <coughs> I was watching Halloween Havoc just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, No, actually, last week, as a matter of fact, I was watching a classic. um, I've seen most of the Halloween Havocs. I'm actually going in order. Uh, I watched the 89 Havoc uh, a while back. I was watching the 1990 Halloween Havoc, and then I was watching the 1991 Halloween Havoc. I mean, that one is where 
if I remember correctly, it was the Chamber of Horrors match. Uh, Lex Luger was the WCW champion, and at that time he took on Ron Simmons. And then the WCW Phantom would show up, and it would be revealed that the Phantom was w former wwe superstar at that time ravishing rick rude he would make his appearance at halloween havoc and his target was to go after sting who at that time was the wcw united states champion at that time and you know that's like some classic stuff and it's good to see halloween havoc come back and come back in the nxt brand so if you've heard some of the matches are going to take place the return of spin the wheel make the deal io shirai goes one on one against Candice LeRae and well, well for the uh, NXT Women's Championship of course and also uh, Johnny Gargano goes one on one against Damian Priest for the North American Championship now both matches are going to consist of spin the wheel make the deal and of course Shotzi Blackheart is the one that's going to be controlling the wheel and is the host of Halloween Havoc so when she spins the wheel who is going to make the deal we will find out this coming Wednesday night on NXT also a one on one match between two of the most dominant females in the history of NXT. The former NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley goes one-on-one -on -one against Raquel Gonzalez and also in a haunted, uh, haunted house match, I think that's what it's called, Cameron Grimes goes one-on-one -on -one against Dexter Loomis. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very interested to see how this is going to turn out. I mean, I'm not, I, I like Dexter Loomis a little bit, uh, even though I was the one that kind of mentioned the whole thing with him and Jim Cornette on, on his podcast show. Uh, it's going to be tremendous. I can't wait to check out this goes. NXT's Halloween Havoc is going to be happening this coming Wednesday night. And no doubt the main event is going to be planning something special for Halloween. Don't know what, don't know where, don't know when, but we'll see what happens. And of course, on Halloween night, there's going to be several events that are going to take place. Richards Billiards is going to have their event over there as well, which I will talk about, you know, sometime, uh, sometime probably next week or when I have the opportunity. And of course, Shattered Sun is going to be having their event over at Brewster Street this coming Saturday night. That's right, this coming Saturday night. And the show is sold out. So there's no way in the world and i just realized something wait a minute if the show if the show is sold out does that mean that i can't get in are you fucking ca oh well wait a minute i'm the main event i got connections i know marcos i know homestar they'll let me in hopefully if homestar were to find a way to wake his ass up and pick me up and say hey pick me up for the fucking show god damn it <laughs> The CD release party is going to take place. Uh, Shattered Sun is going to be releasing their Bled For You album uh, on Halloween night. And they got some limited edition uh, special t-shirts that are going to be out for that event as well. Get your get your hands at it when you can. Of course, it's going to be Zombie King, the return of the Periwinkle Massacre, and Shattered Sun to take place over at Brewster Street this Saturday night. Hosted by C101, and that's going to be tremendous to check out. Hopefully, the main event will get there. And like I said before, Homestar, pick me up. Get my ass over there, please. <laughs> so let's talk about the next match. And okay, I I um, I'm, don't think this was the match, but let me see. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to look through this because. If this is the match that I think that I'm about to watch, I'm I'm I, you know what you well <clears throat> you know where I'm gonna go with this. But anyways, 
Let me see. Just trying to look into this right now. Here we go. That's what I was looking for. Okay, let's see if we can... Um, uh, what it was here, I was trying to... I was trying to get to the Wikipedia page, but apparently it can't get to it right. Yeah, here we go. Okay, found it. Here are the results. Okay, uh, well, we talked about the R-Truth match. We got that out of the way, and then we talked about the Roman Reigns matchup, and then we... Oh, okay, this one I can talk about. This one I can talk about. Elias going one-on-one -on -one against Jeff Hardy in a singles matchup right here. And, uh, well, my prediction did come true in this matchup, like, much like the first match that happened with Roman Reigns and, and Jey Uso. I predicted that Roman Reigns would win, and it happened. And I predicted that Elias would win in this match, and it happened. He defeated Jeff Hardy, but it was brilliantly done. And I know some people are going to tell me, oh, come on, what are you talking about? Jeff Hardy took a guitar and smashed it over the back of the head of Elias. Well, that's brilliant. And let me explain why. Because this feud between Elias and Jeff Hardy, it's not over yet. It's not over by a long shot. Because here's the mystery behind all this. We know about what happened with Elias over in SmackDown, okay? And we're still wondering when the mystery will unfold as to who who really hit Elias in that tr uh, in that car that happened a couple of months ago. I mean, that hasn't been revealed yet, but we'll see what happens. So, Elias did win over Jeff Hardy. Just a minute, please. Elias did win over Jeff Hardy via disqualification because Jeff Hardy went ahead and took the guitar and smashed it right in the back, right in the back of Elias, your winner, Elias defeating Jeff Hardy at Hell in the Cell. Okay. We're about to talk about this next match. And I'm going to take a step outside for a moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, because we got to talk about this match. We got to talk about this match right now. And obviously some people have an idea of what it is. And others have no clue. But we're about to reveal it because I am outside and, man, it feels nice. It feels nice to be outside. But I wish the conclusion of this match was even nicer. Because it's a match for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Just a minute, please. Okay, I was just checking. It's the Money in the Bank briefcase. Otis going one-on-one -on -one against The Miz. Now, just to give you my thought and just to give you my, my intellect and all this. Button the phone down slowly right here. Now, I said, and I quote, I want Otis to win the match. I want it to happen. I want Otis to win this match and hold on to the Money in the Bank briefcase so that way everything will be fine and we don't have to go through this whole bullshit with The Miz bitching, whining, moaning, and complaining like he does every single fucking time when he complains the fact he's not the top of the fucking mountain and the fact that he has to say a bunch of shit just because he can. He, can't, he can cut a promo if he wanted to, but he doesn't make sense of anything that he's talking about. 
So we get to the match. Otis goes one-on-one against The Miz for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, I was on the edge of my seat for this one, and I'll admit that I was on the edge of my seat because I wanted to see Otis walk away with the briefcase. I didn't give a shit, and I was hoping that this whole shit would be over that way while, while Otis goes back to SmackDown. While Otis goes back to SmackDown, the Miz and Morrison will have absolutely nothing to show for, and they will have to go back to Raw looking like a couple of little fucking bitches. The matchup was good. Otis was looking great. The Miz, eh, whatever. So, as I'm watching the matchup, Morrison makes one mistake. He walks away. The referee catches him, gets rid of the gets rid of John Morrison. I'm thinking everything is fine. The Miz is, you know, was about to be capitalized by Otis. Otis was about to make a move on the Miz. And then all of a sudden, as the referee's back was turned, all of a sudden, Tucker takes the briefcase and hits Otis in the head. And then after that, the Miz had a shocked look on his face. Much like that look that I had when I saw it. And then Miz went ahead and took advantage of a situation. And that situation went a little something like this. Miz covered Otis. Referee was there. One. Two. Three. Your winner. And new Mr. Money in the bank <clears throat> your winner and new mr money in the bank <clears throat> your winner and new mr money in the bank You know, I, I know I haven't said it yet. Just calm down. Shut the fuck up and let me talk. So here's the thing. The last time something like this happened, it was back in 2007, I believe. I think Mr. Kennedy had won Mr. Money in the Bank and then was forced to put up his championship or put up his briefcase. And there were obvious reasons as to why he had to put up his briefcase. You know, a little story behind that. He loses it to Edge. And it was very understandable. It was okay. I didn't complain much about that. It was okay. Because it was two grown-ass men going after a fucking briefcase. And we know how that shit went down. Now, all of a sudden, we're in this position where the talk of the town and the talk of the wrestling world and the talk of the internet has been about wanting to take the briefcase away from Otis, okay? 
wanted to take the Money in the Bank briefcase away from Otis. My theory is just let him cash his, his money in the bank. Or how about this? How about how about doing something stupid? You know how that Money in the Bank briefcase has always been a significance of cashing in on a world title, right? Cashing in on an opportunity to world title. Why not cash in? on the Intercontinental Championship or maybe on the WWE Champion or maybe on the United States Championship. It doesn't have to necessarily be about any of those two championships. You you have to make the, the the thing with the money in the bank briefcase. Here's what I don't understand. Why does it have to be about the WWE Championship or the World Title or the Universal Championship? Why does it have to be about those titles? You could cash it at anywhere you want at any time, right? So now, I'm in a position where now, it's 2010 all over again. Let me explain why. And let me give you a story to match with this whole thing. You see, in 2010, I was watching Money in the Bank briefcase. I was watching Money in the Bank in 2010. Who wins that briefcase? You know who it is. You know who it is. I'm not going to fucking mention his fucking name just because everyone has a fucking kick out of it. And then, and then comes the night that yo faithful fucking night when he decided to cash in his money in the bank on a potential superstar in Randy Orton. This was 2010. I remember it quite well because it's itched in my fucking brain. Randy Orton had a match with Wade Barrett. He was hurt. It was all understandable. And then when I heard The Miz comes in, I remember popping out of my fucking seat and saying, you got to be fucking kidding me. you got to be fucking kidding me. He comes in, takes advantage of a situation, and I'm thinking in my head, well, you know what? Miz is stupid. He's out of his fucking mind. He thinks he's going to be able to win the WWE Championship. This is Randy Orton. Randy Orton will hit an RKO and drop him in his fucking head. I was wrong. So what happens? The Miz becomes the new WWE champion. He wins the WWE championship. And I'm like, here's the thing. That championship has been held on to by some of the greatest champions in the history of the WWE. You've had that championship in the likes of Hulk Hogan, for the likes of the Macho Man Randy Savage, for the likes of the Ultimate Warrior, for the likes of Bret the Hitman Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Randy Orton, and then you add this fucking goof to everything. But then, but then... Then things were a little bit better. Oh yeah, they were a little bit better because a few months later in 2011, John Cena would retain and take back what is rightfully his, and that is the WWE Championship away from The Miz. Okay, I wanted that title away from The Miz, far, 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 far away from The Miz as possible because I don't want to see that small goof who thinks he's a fucking player who thinks he's a main event star who thinks he's all that in a bag of fucking chips go after the wwe championship now i'll be honest about one thing i'll be honest about one thing right here right now i wanted the miz to be the next world heavyweight champion and it should have been him as the champion and not john cena 
That's my personal view of things. That was 2013. Let's move on with their fucking lives. Now, here we are. October 25th. 2020. Miz decides that he's going to take advantage of a helpless situation and he wants to take advantage of the Money in the Bank briefcase so that way he wants to save the WWE. He wants to create ratings. People talk about the Miz. People talk about Morrison. He is an A-lister. No, you're not. All you are is a goof who has no clue about what the fuck he wants. You were a headliner, sort of a headliner, at WrestleMania 27 about what, what was it, 10 years ago? And now you want to place yourself in a position where now you have the money in the bank briefcase and you take it away from someone like Otis that truly deserves it. Now, if Otis were to lose it the fair way, that's fine. I would be happy with it. As long as that fucking Money in the Bank briefcase is away from the fucking Miz. Now all of us, you, me, and the rest of the entire world are going to deal with the fact that the Miz is now a holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase. (sighs) He beats Otis in the middle of the fucking ring. And I've said this before. I said this in 2010. And I say it from here on out. F T. You remember those you remember those quite well. And just in case you don't remember it, fuck the Miz, okay? Fuck him and fuck whatever the fuck he does. And I know some people were probably bitching, whining, moaning, complaining. Oh, well, why the fuck he had to play? Miz just won. Miz just had the money. You know what? Fuck you and your fucking bullshit. You know what? Miz is, and this is, let me just get this out of the way because I can. Everyone talked about how the Young Bucks are annoying and Kenny Omega's annoying. You know what? You know who wrote the book on an annoying wrestler? The Miz. He wrote the book and he knew how to do it. The sad part about, uh, the, sad part about the Miz is that he is, a, he is a better talent than fucking the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And I know some people are going to tell me like, oh, come on, you can't exactly compare Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to the Miz, I can, I can, and I did, okay, this is the thing, there used to be a time when I saw guys like Drew McIntyre, and I'll add him to, I'll add this person to the list as well, uh, Jinder Mahal, and, and Samoa Joe, and, and, and guys in that particular nature that deserve to be the WWE champion, some people that deserve to win, the Money in the Bank briefcase. The Miz, much like Damian Sandout, was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. And unfortunately, we're all going to live with it. So let me just get this out of the way. Your winner, and now new Mr. Money in the Bank, The Miz. Oh. <sighs> Now let's move on to the next thing that happened. The next thing that happened was the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship that took place tonight. And this and this was kind of a no-brainer especially when <coughs> when you think about it. Bailey versus Sasha, they were going to schedule to put it in the main event. No, nah, I didn't I didn't think it would fit there. I I I would rather have that be the first match. 
and the first match, uh, the first match of Hell in a Cell ended up being Randy Orton, or ended up being, I'm sorry, um, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso at Hell in a Cell, that ended up being the first match, so it was a no-brainer to put these two, uh, Sasha and Bayley, in the, uh, in the middle of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Tremendous match, um, I gotta say, it was, um, pretty much a highlight of the night and everything, um, Bailey went toe-to-toe with Sasha, and Sasha, hey, she was pretty good in that fucking ring. She was very, very... Because the thing is, the difference between Bailey and Sasha is, is this. Even though these two have competed against each other in many matches, Sasha has won up on Bailey because when it comes to Hell in a Cell, nobody knows it better than Sasha because she's been a part of two Hell in a Cell matches. The first one that happened with Charlotte and another one that happened with Becky Lynch. <coughs> and we saw how that turned out. And my thought is, okay, if they uh, if they put this thing with, um, with Bayley and Sasha for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell, it's probably not going to mean anything. That's That was my point of view of it. But after watching the match, I was like, okay, well, it meant something now. I mean, it's pretty good. I liked how the match went. It was uh, good from head to toe. Uh, Sasha had tried everything in her power to make um, uh, Sasha Banks lose the championship. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> everything in Sasha's power to beat Bailey to make her lose the championship. And then all came the submission. The submission right there. And then Bailey loses the match. Loses the, Bailey loses the match. Loses the championship of Hell in the Cell for the very first time. Your winner and new SmackDown Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. So now, Sasha has now been added to the list alongside with Bayley to hold on to all of these championships. Uh, her and also, I would say, Asuka as well because... She's held on to all the championships. She's held on to the NXT championship. She's held on... Uh, NXT Women's Championship, I'm sorry. The WWE SmackDown and Raw Women's Championship. The Tag Team Championships. And, um, you know, quite an accomplishment. And now, Bailey can... I'm sorry. Sasha Banks can actually add herself to the list now. Because now, Sasha finally achieves a goal that she's been wanting to get her hands on for the longest time and that is the SmackDown Women's Championship she defeated Bailey in the middle of the ring so congratulations go out to Bailey for defeating Sasha Banks okay I'm mixing my emotions up right now congratulations go out to Sasha Banks for beating Bailey at Hell in a Cell uh, for defeating her for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Finally, Sasha holds on to the championship. And now, I guess the big question remains is, um, where do we go from here between these two? Is there going to be another match between these two somewhere down the road? Or is this over? My viewpoint of it is, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over by a long shot. I, I, I don't... For some odd reason, I don't really see this coming to an end because Hell in a Cell is usually supposed to be something that's supposed to end, you know, certain people's careers or certain feuds and everything. But sometimes they escalate just a little bit more so you can kind of see where all this is going from here on out. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens between Sasha and Bailey, and we'll see how far this feud will go. Will it come to an end and a new challenger comes in? Or will the feud continue between Sasha Banks 
and Bailey. See how that goes. Uh, the next matchup was another another surprise matchup. Bobby Lashley defending the United States Championship against against Slapjack, uh, a dumb name first of all, and retribute. And I- I'm not going to suspense with the formalities on this one. Um, Slapjack lost to Bobby Lashley. Retribution is starting to look like a joke. We don't know where the fuck this is going. We're, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's some sort of explanation because, y- you know, this whole thing with retribution is now becoming a joke, and and it's not the fact that they haven't added a leader. I mean, uh, the fact that Ali is a great leader. Ali would, you know, made the perfect choice to be a part of retribution, but it looks. Stupider every time we look at the retribution group. It's like, what the fuck is the point of having this group around anyway? You got the hurt businesses out there that's kicking ass and taking names from Bobby Lashley to MVP to um, Shelton Benjamin and uh, uh, Cedric Alexander. These guys are fucking taking names like crazy, and retribution is not doing a fucking thing. They're looking like a couple of little bitches over on Raw. These guys, a few months ago, these guys were a major threat. Now, all of a sudden, they've become absolutely nothing. All I know is I hope they drop this story even before Survivor Series because nobody gives a damn about this, about retribution. Nobody does. I mean, how, how the fuck can you take this group seriously? How, how the fuck can you take this group seriously? Nonetheless, Slapjack wins. Or, I'm sorry. Slapjack loses and still your United States champion, Bobby Lashley. Now we go to the final matchup, a matchup that I really didn't want to see, uh, a matchup that I kept hoping would not happen. It's the third, uh, the third match between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Now we went from one badass Hell in a Cell match in Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. We went from a tremendous match between Sasha Banks and Bayley at another Hell in a Cell match. Now... As the old expression goes, how do you top that? Here is how it fucking goes. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre put on a hell of a match. Uh, Drew McIntyre was the veteran in this... Well, I'm sorry, not Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre was the champion in this matchup. Randy Orton was the veteran. Now, he's very experienced. Randy Orton is very, very experienced in these Hell in a Cell matches because he's been a part of several matches. Uh, one that I remember quite well was between the match, the match between The Undertaker and Randy Orton, and Randy Orton got the living shit beat out of him at the hands of The Undertaker back in 2005. You can see that in the Untold uh, documentary uh, talking about The Undertaker and Randy Orton. Check that out on the WWE Network while you can. So, like I said before, the matchup was good. It was great. Um, I I just had this. I, I, I don't know why, but I kept having this feel. I was watching this matchup from head to toe. Randy Orton was beat, beating the living shit out of fucking Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre beating the shit out of Randy Orton. And I wasn't sure exactly how all this was going to come out. You know, like, you know, my my thought was if they actually decide, if they actually decide to go ahead and put Randy Orton in the position to be the WWE champion, then that means we're definitely going to see Edge somehow come out and face him for the WWE championship. But as I stated before, 
I don't think that should happen. I really don't think it should happen. I and 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 I said this before, and I'll say it again. It's not like Randy Orton doesn't deserve to be the WWE champion. It's just that number one, we don't know the condition of Edge. We really don't. And number two, we don't even know if this match is even going to happen at WrestleMania. I mean, we're, we're we're thinking a few months ahead before it even happens. But they want to set it up. They want to put it together, and they want to see how that shit goes. So. Randy Orton beat the hell out of Drew McIntyre, and then Drew McIntyre beat the hell out of Orton left and right, right? So, man, and, and there was this part where I, I had this feeling. I had this feeling when I was watching this match. My thought was, what was the one thing? What was the one thing that the first and second match didn't do? I'll tell you what it is. It was the fact that nobody got outside hell in a cell. And I'm like thinking, I bet you anything, that's what's going to happen. I bet you anything. It's going to be Randy Orton. He's going to find a way to go up on that fucking roof of the hell in the cell and get Drew McIntyre to come in. Because that is how well experienced Randy Orton is. Sure enough. Randy Orton goes ahead and gets the bolt cutters, right? He gets the bolt cutters. He cuts the chain, cuts the door open. And my head was like, oh, I see where this is going. And I already knew right away what was about to happen. So Randy Orton climbs up to the cage, you know, goes up there. And, you know, it was very, very, it wasn't unexpected. It was one of those things where, I already knew what was about to take place and I already knew how far this was going to go. So it was only a matter of time before something changes or something goes down. So Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre both beat the living hell out of each other on top of the cage. Uh, Randy Orton uh, had him set up. He had a steel pipe already ready up on top of the hell in the cell. So, you know, this is this is one of these things where Randy Orton, (coughs) he knew exactly what he was getting himself into. He knew it. So it was up to Drew McIntyre to find a way to stop him. Find a way to stop him in every way that he can. And, well, Drew McIntyre did what he could. And he tried. You know, Drew McIntyre went after Randy Orton. Randy Orton was unsuccessful in trying to take him down. So so there was only one thing left to do, and that was to go ahead and leave the top of the cell. So Randy Orton leaves the top of the cell. And then Drew McIntyre, you know, follows him as well, right? So... my first thought was when they both got on the side of the cell there's a table obviously the announcer's table is right there where they're at and my first thought is oh someone's gonna go through a table someone's gonna someone i mean i don't see anybody getting thrown over the hell in the cell i don't see that like kind of like what happened with mcfoley i don't see that happening so i'm thinking well my, my guess is I'm I'm guessing Randy Orton's probably going to go ahead and and throw Drew Mac Drew McIntyre over or Drew McIntyre is going to throw over Randy Orton. So they're in the side of the hell in the cell and Randy Orton is trying to beat the hell out of uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is trying to beat the hell out of Randy Orton and then all of a sudden uh one one hit and then everything drops. One hit by Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre dropped and he hit the table. He hit the announce table uh the announcer's table right there and 
holy shit. Randy Orton, I mean, not Randy, I'm sorry, uh, Drew McIntyre went all the way down completely. And then <clears throat> you can tell I, I was looking at Drew and he was bleeding from the inside of the mouth. And he and he was he was hurt. He was hurt very, very badly. And this is the this is the thing where the inexperience comes into play here with Drew McIntyre. Hey, he's a dominant WWE champion. I'm not going to lie about that. He's a dominant WWE champion. But when you're inside the structure of Hell in the Cell, this is a completely different element. And this is an element that Randy Orton is used to. He's used to it so bad. So both men managed to go back into the ring and everything seemed good. And then all of a sudden, you know, Drew McIntyre was making a comeback and he was making a comeback in a huge way. And it seemed like Drew McIntyre was going to be able to retain the WWE Championship. But as I stated before, you know, something was about to change and something did change. One, one move and that was it. Randy Orton is now a 14-time WWE champion. And boy, I got to tell you, I wasn't I really was not expecting that to happen, but it did and it happened the way it did, so man. So Randy Orton is now the new WWE champion. He's now a four-time WWE champion and Boy, I, I got—I gotta say, like, like I said, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I don't think anybody else was expecting it at all. But, boy, I mean, I mean, what do you do at this point? I mean, what do you do at this point? But, you know, there's really nothing you could do other than to sit back, relax, and enjoy the thrill that is Randy Orton. So now, the big question remains: Is what's going to happen this Monday night on Monday Night Raw? What's going to happen with Randy Orton? What's going to happen with Drew McIntyre? Are we going to see a rematch between these two for the WWE Championship? And keep in mind, keep in mind, the 30th anniversary of the Undertaker is coming, and it's coming at Survivor Series on November 22nd. So no doubt, no doubt, there's going to be a point and there's going to be a time where we're going to see Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. But word is people have been saying, "Oh, well they're going to they're going to have to add NXT to it." I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. But we'll <clears throat> we'll just have to see how that goes from here on out. So at this point, all, all I know right now is at Survivor Series there is going to be a SmackDown versus Raw. We do not know the status of how that shit's going to go down, but I do know this. I do know that Survivor Series is going to be great. It's going to be great because now we're going to be entering in on the 30th anniversary of the debut of The Undertaker when he made his debut on November 22nd of 1990. And I remember that day too well because I, well, I wasn't there when it happened, but I saw it, you know, when it took place on pay-per-view. So it was great. So... Guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Aftermath of Hell in a Cell. If you guys have not had an opportunity to see that event, check it out on the WWE Network. Check out all three Hell in a Cell matches and a couple of other extras and so much more. Plus, check out WWE's NXT's Halloween Havoc is this coming. 
Wednesday night, you know about the matches. It is the return of Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, and also AEW has got their own event that's going to be taking place as well. AEW Dynamite happening on Wednesday nights as well. Check that out as much as you can. And also, don't forget to follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash at main event player. And also follow me on the main event talk at the at facebook.com slash at real main event talk. Once again, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, The Aftermath of Hell in a Cell. And I will see you next time on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. And let me say this one more time. Fuck the... Miss, thank you. You know you need a fix when you fall down. You know you need to find a way to get you through another day. Free forever, you're coming back to me. 